Hello and welcome to the Mental Health Gaming Podcast. Once again, I am Bradley and joining me this week is someone who literally had the shock of his life on the bus the other day when he heard someone use the word literally correctly in a conversation. Are you over that yet, Stu? No, and I don't think I ever will be because nobody ever does it properly anymore. I'm just trying to let it go, you know. I'm just trying to not be bothered by it, which is the tougher road. But it's it's the more it's the more serene and zen road. So let's go for that one. Yeah, you say you, so you literally, you know, you you literally have to do something about it or just let it go. You know, literally. I mean, shock of your life. Oh, totally. Literally, the shock of your oh, life. Literally, yeah. Literally, yeah, literally, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know what else is quite literal? Video games. Video games, of course they are. Um, so, as usual, what have you been playing? Mixed bag this week. Very much a mixed bag. But uh, starting off with Clone Hero, which I'm not sure if you've heard of. No. So, Clone Hero is a community project to... Um, a gaming community project, not like a, you know people mm-hmm. who plants by the roadside type community project, where you can connect your controllers your uh, like guitar hero and rock band controllers to your pc mm-hmm. uh, and play a version of, of basically those games using those peripherals and it's uh, you know it's just so that it's you can play anything yeah any pc can basically just play these great games you don't have to dig out your old hardware other than the peripherals and it's kind of a fan-made thing so it's, there's nothing official but they, there's a lot of community tracks. So there's a load of, like the load of conversions of the ones from the actual games. So all the all the ones that came out with the games. Yeah. But also a load of you know just normal songs that people have tabulated in the, you know, Guitar Hero slash Rock Band format. And yeah, it, it works flawlessly. It doesn't even install. It's not. It's just a you know piece of portable software, and you just find the songs on the internet, stick them in the songs folder. Connect your peripheral, and basically, as long as it's the right one, away you go. And I've messed with it before. Uh, I just, I was, I'm doing this thing, like I say, this project of going back and and using all my old peripherals and stuff, because um, some of them will have to go. Yeah, but the guitar's not going because I just I love it too much. But uh, yeah, so I thought, oh, you know, I'll, I'll get that started again and have a go. And so yeah, no, it's really good fun. It doesn't have the quite the quite the allure of the proper releases because it doesn't have like all the artwork and you know the the background animation and things like that and the although the you can add a load of custom stuff i just haven't done it yet but you can do that as well grounds videos and stuff Mm. but yeah no it's really cool and and you can play online and it also, you know, it has online leaderboards. So it's a really impressive project. It's been going for quite a long time, I think at least 10 years. And it's very, very slick and very polished. And if you're into that sort of stuff and you've still got peripherals knocking around, but you don't have the, you know, the wherewithal or whatever to, you know, use the old consoles, look it up and have, have a go because it's really cool. Interesting. So, I mean, two of my favourite audio games of all time are audio surf and vib ribbon yeah uh, purely because they allowed you to use your own songs completely uh which is i mean vib ribbon obviously you needed cds and, and stuff like that someone should remake vib ribbon by the way just just as an aside 
but audio surf allowed me to play sort of like my own stuff as well because you're not going to get any official games or anything like that that has jenny lewis's rabbit fur coat built into it um true but so does this is this only preset tracks that the community made or can you import your own music and it does like an automated thing no, it it doesn't automate. I think it would be too difficult. Nah. I think it, I think that would be too difficult. Um, but that is a shame because if it could somehow, if you could get an AI algorithm to sort it out for you, then in an afternoon you could have your entire collection done for you. But um, mm. we're not there yet. <laughs> but community based, I dare say, if you really, really, really wanted to play a certain track, you could probably ask the community and offer some donations for that, I would imagine. Yeah, I'm sure it's doable. Yeah, worth looking into. And it's also worth looking into me creating my own, you know, doing doing one, see if it's fun, if it's not too onerous, because I don't mind spending a couple of hours, you know, building out a track, uh, you know, a single three-minute track. But I think any any longer than that would probably you know, stretch things a little bit too far. I haven't got quite that level of commitment. If it, if, <laughs> but, yeah. if it becomes a job, then you've got to step back. But if you can do an hour or so's tinkering, yeah, that's exactly. fun. That's a hobby. That's the one. <laughs> Absolutely. What? What? Is, yeah. What is the threshold? We say two hours yeah. is the threshold from hobby to job. How oh, do they? Yeah, that oh, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That for me, that's what it is. If I'm spending more than two hours on one thing. Um, every single day. To me, that's then becoming a job. It's why I stopped playing Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But no, I like to say that. I might, I might check that. Might check that one out. What was it called? Clone Hero. So it's called Clone Hero. Yeah. So you'll need. I, I think it does support some peripherals that use wireless. Ooh. But I think the easiest ones are definitely the the wired ones. I've got an old Guitar Hero. I think it's Guitar Hero Explorer which is a wired USB one. Yeah. Uh, and that's just plugged straight in and off you go. So, uh, yeah, but, you know, I think it definitely... Yeah, obviously, the old PS2 ones won't work, will they? Because they use the the uh, actual PS2 connectors, didn't they? That's right. Yeah, it's got to be USB, obviously. Yeah. Um, although, yeah. I don't know, you could probably... You might be able to use converters, but who knows? That's adding an extra... Layer. I would imagine there are converters from... Yeah, I'm sure there are converters from PlayStation 2 to USB. There are, um, yeah. I, I might, it might I, work. You never know. So, oh, I'm going to check that out, I think. Um, I, 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 I've got my mum's going to a boot sale this weekend, so I might see if she can find a really cheap Guitar Hero guitar, and I might have a look at that, and then proclaim next time how rubbish I am at rhythm games. I'm not the best. <laughs> yeah, no, I just enjoy them regardless. Yeah. Talking of being rubbish at games, I've been playing something that I'm quite rubbish at, but I think I like. Um, yeah. I've been playing a game called Merrick's Market. Now, contrary to popular belief, it's not some kind of new David Dickinson hosted ITV for uh, two o'clock job or anything like that. It's a game that is... Uh, partly inspired by the likes of Overcooked but not to the point where it's a clone of Overcooked uh, but it's also about um, I'm trying to put this resource management and um, shop management and, and things like that whilst being an action game it's arcadey it's very comical in nature it's got both this single player 
campaign that's story-led or this four-player co-op that's completely arcade-orientated. But anyway, so the premise of uh, Merrick's Market is, um, is instead of being the... Sorry, Stu, give me two seconds. Sorry. Yes, right. Sorry about that. It is 2021. So your podcast can be interrupted by booking a COVID test for an uh, operation. So day before my birthday, fact fans, I've got to do that. So that's, na- that's nice. Nice from the NHS to give me a nice little birthday present. But where was I? I was talking about Merrick's Market, which... I gave you a basis of what sort of game it is, um, but I mean, it's really interesting. So I've only really played the single player aspect of it for a short while at the moment. So this isn't in depth for anything, but basically you take the role of Merrick who runs a, a his own market set in like a fantasy RPG style land. So it does the whole flipping of roles. So rather than being the adventurer, you run the market where the adventurers go to get their their weapons and stuff like that. Um, so you kind of it gets this whole idea of oh what what does it do are they there just for the one adventure they get lots of adventurers through and and things like that and it doesn't take itself seriously one little bit which i like for a start but you have to sign of like get the resources you then have to use it to do your crafting and then you've got to sell you've got to try and turn a profit for the shop all but it's not like slow or anything like that it's very arcadey in nature very much like your overcooked and um uh shakes on a plane and and stuff like that so a lot of running around a lot of zany action going on and then sort of like with the co-op stuff, there's no story. It's just in. There's a group of you working together. You try and work out who has what, who's good at what things. Can someone go and do the gathering and supply the stuff? The other person does the crafting. Maybe another one does the, the selling and the bartering and, and, and things like that. It's got a nice cartoony look. And overall, I mean, I've spent a couple of hours, a couple of hours with it. And it needs work. Not going to lie does need work it's not perfect it's not something i would seek out to go and find or seek out to play as far as i'm aware i believe this is a two two person team have made this so um a couple of little foibles there are within the game like the ui elements aren't the best at times and it does take a little while to get used to what's where and there's some i would say major bugs but there's a couple of little things quirks in there that can put you off for a second or two that that would need smoothing out but i said it's a two-person team so little bit of leeway for them but having a good time with it when i've played it and it's just one of those games i think i'd say is sort of like it's it's fun but average you're not going to seek it out but you might scroll past it on your list one day and go ah go on then that sort of game all right yeah i mean you you're very you're very generous to these things that sounds it sounds okay but i i think yeah that's it it's okay it's without going on it's okay it is that's what it is it's okay yeah, yeah. it's so hard isn't it because it's it, we're at the stage now where and yeah, we've said this loads of times that saying that we're cash rich time poor makes it sound that we're really rich when we're not but (laughs) it's that thing of games are so cheap and so available that it's the only really your time that is the big limiting factor 
And it's like, there are so yeah. many good games out there. And there are games that are being chucked at you literally for free that you may not have played. And it's like, okay, so I could sit down and play a game I've got com- that completely for free um, that is supposed to be amazing that came out, you know, four or five years ago. Or I can play this, you know, fairly average new game that probably take up a lot of time. Mm, which one am I going to do? And it, you have to, it has to be that right combination of, you know, you've got to really be into that style of genre. You've got to really like the implementation of this style. You've got to have the time. You've got to, you know, really want to support the developers. There's, there's like loads of factors that you kind of have to have in, you know. And like you say, it's it's mm. it's probably best if you've got it in your library, if you kind of just go, oh, you know, one Sunday afternoon, oh, yeah, go on, I'll have a play with that. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's so hard because you don't want to say anything like bad because I'm sure that the two it's guys... A good game. It's not a bad yeah, game. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not a bad game. It's a good game. But um, So uh, the, the, I, so I'm going to use a food analogy here. It's the chicken nuggets, like your frozen chicken nuggets and super noodles, Tuesday night dinner game. <laughs> you look at it, you go, you're not specifically going to go and buy super noodles and an off-brand chicken nuggets for dinner. But if it's in the freezer and the cupboard and you you just don't fancy cooking, um, you don't fancy preparing a decent meal, you look in there and go, that'll do. That's what Merrick's market is. And I want, if the developers or anyone do listen to this, I want you to take that as a compliment. That is not a negative stance I'm taking. That is a compliment because you do sometimes need those games and there is a space for those games. But it's not one that it's going it, to... It, it's it's not a Hades or anything like that. It's not going to, you know, set the world alight with people going, oh my God, have you played this game? But I, I enjoyed it. It's not great. It's not bad. It's average, but average is okay. It absolutely is. And it it kind of brings up that question of, you know, what makes a game great or really good and what makes it average? And, you know, sometimes it's just how the mechanics fit together. You know, it's all sorts of things, inspiration. For me, on a personal level, it's very often just time. It's, if you remember me talking like about Mario Sunshine, that kind of... Mm the thing that I balked at the most, even more than the camera, which is as shonky as heck, was the tr- the traversal. Like, just walking. Like, I don't play a game to just walk, apart from when I played Death Stranding, but you know, that's a whole other debate. But, you know, it's a moment-to-moment thing of, am I doing enough in those moments? And I can do- be doing something in a game that's really average. Like, not even that great not even that thrilling or compelling or new, but as long as it's keeping me active, it's keeping me grabbed, then I'm happy with that. But, you know, I mean, that is me. That is not to say that's how you make a good game, not by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, it, it does vary. It does. It, it varies from person to person as well. Yeah. So to give this an idea of where this sits, people know I have sight issues, so my time for gaming is kind of usually squeezed in and I try and grab what I can at the moment due to my vision issues. So I have in my Steam library a group for games that I is called uh, MHG Coverage, which is games I'll be talking about on the podcast or writing about at some point. Yeah. Usually when I spoke about them, I'll take them out 
um, and push them to wherever they go on my other groups. This one I've, is one of those that I've decided to leave in there because I do want to come back to it when my visions, if my vision improves or when it improves, and I can play this with the kids as well. So I'm not done with this either. So again, that's where it's at. I've played others where I've gone, yeah, it's all right, and then still just pushed it to the side and I probably won't touch them again for ever. Uh, this is one I've kept in there because I want to be reminded to give it another go and give it another shot. So, yeah. That is a good idea, keeping keeping the separate thing for stuff that you want to replay later down the line. I, I haven't done it that yeah. specifically because I'm not that organised, but um, I've I've got a couple in mind. It's about the only thing I am. With. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got a couple in mind. I'm, I'm going way back quite a long time now on the podcast Eastern Exorcist, which I played, which was in early access. Mm. And I played that all the way through of all the content that was available. But I'm waiting now for for when it's sort of finished, in inverted commas. And I will definitely, definitely play it again with like all the fixes, all the improvements and all the new stages. I'll definitely go through the lot. So just to clarify, again, this isn't like, I'm not trying to, again, with this blow smoke up the of developers or indie developers or average games and again so this is where i said this is why we don't do review scores on on the site in any way shape or form because i think they're skewed in such a way that an average game is made to look bad yeah um when yeah. you review it um so mm. but without average games you don't get your hades your witcher freeze um your your super mario odysseys um your games like that you also don't get your sonic 4s you, the other end of the show, you don't get the really bad games without those average games because you get those and they are the markers of actually this is what it needs to do to elevate above. This is what it at least needs to meet or it's considered a bad game. So for me, those average games you, like this are vital to I think other games and where they stand on those rating scales for anyone who does rate them, but also for wow, this game is special because it's done this so much better than this other game I, I sort of enjoyed. Or, oh my God, this game is really bad. You know, it can't even do what this one was doing. And this was flawed. So, you know, it, it they are vital. I think it's the same with movies. You don't get a Citizen Kane without watching Mean Girls, you know. And by the same time, if you don't have Mean Girls, you don't have the hottie or the naughty with Paris Hilton. So you need... <laughs> those middle grounds for those extremes yes yeah that's the only time in a podcast this year you will hear the words the hottie or the naughty starring paris hilton yeah it's not something that comes up in casual conversation very often but yeah no <laughs> you your point uh, is exactly right and i think there is a kind of it's it would be going too far to say that review scores are a bane uh, of the kind of you know of the gaming world but um hmm, well. yeah that thing of everything being a seven out of ten that in itself is really dodgy because yeah it just it just means very very little and you know the mean or you know whatever part of the average it is the median or the mode or whatever but that thing of everything being a seven just communicates no information to you whatsoever um and <laughs> it prevents people from reading the proper text and drawing their own conclusions so yeah yeah i agree so that's probably a lot, lot of discussion on the importance of merrick's market to the world of video games and video game scoring i bet they weren't expecting that probably not but it was very very justified it was what else have you been playing Stu? something average or something that's up there something completely bananas and it you know <laughs> i like to do these monkey ball <laughs> no although that's a good good no, shout no. um 
I was never a big fan of Monkey Ball because, again, puzzle game and I'm too crap at them. Like, uh, I watched my friends play it and they were so good. And even they were like, oh, you know, I've got up to like level 27 and I can't get past it. And I'm like scratching my head going, yeah, I couldn't get past like level three or something like that. So, yeah, balance, no. Balance, no. Puzzle, no. I'm just rubbish. But... I'm and mixing the both, no. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. But... um. What I'm reasonable at is is light gun games, and I was playing one of those, and mm. a really, really strange one. So until two days ago when I played this, I'd never played a game in this series, and it's the PlayStation Gun Survivor series, where you not only have a light gun that you, you fire with, obviously, but you control your character's movement with a D-pad as well. And it's just nuts. And I was playing Gun Survivor 3, Dino Crisis, now, they were all based around Resident oh. Evil, apart from that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, oh my goodness me, is it weird. So, you start off as a pilot in the Second World War, flying through the skies, and you're suddenly attacked by pterodons, by pterodactyls, and you're, like, shooting them down, and then they, you crash, obviously, and you're, you're in a world yep. where there's loads of dinosaurs, but... It's got the strangest control scheme. So you, you, <clears> when you're in the air, when, when I was in the air and it was like slightly on rails, not too bad, still difficult, we'll get to that. On the ground, just bananas. So basically what you do is you have your kind of on rails in that you in the sky, you're on rails, but you need to move your, you pivot on your axis. So you need to kind of like go, okay, those those have just flown past me, but they're going to attack from behind. So you push right on the pad and that brings the screen round to where they are. And then you can shoot them. And you, you know, that's fine and that makes sense. Although it's still difficult because it's not analog and it's very difficult with the D-pad. On the ground, <laughs> you have full movement. It has Doom-style controls. So forward moves you forward left and right pivot you and so you have to like pivot and then move forward and strafe is on the a and b buttons which are on the side of the gun con too so you kind of like you could have just done away with the, the turning thing with the d-pad and just made it strafe and it would have been so much better i'll have to have a look through the the options just to see if you can do it that way yeah and yeah, and there's a you see so do that, and you kind of move along. And if you get there, if you give, if you get to a spot and see the dinosaurs in the distance, and you don't get uh, spotted, you can activate a sniper mode where you press both A and B in together, and it brings up a reticle, and then you move the reticle around with the D pad for some reason. I don't know why you couldn't move the gun, um, and then snipe them from a distance. So it's got loads of good ideas in, but absolutely none of them work. <laughs> they just yeah. it's like it looks brilliant. It's a really good looking game for, for a game that's nearly 20 years old. It um it's got great ideas. The artwork's cracking, it links in with the Dino Crisis universe. It's got great aim because the gun con too is a fantastic light gun, you know, it's probably the best commercial one ever produced. And yet all the controls are absolutely terrible and it just doesn't work properly but it's worth playing just to see 
how somebody can try and make a game like like playing Soul Calibur with the with the Dreamcast fishing rod. It's like seeing how people try and cram <laughs> a control scheme into a game that just doesn't work and never could. Yeah, it's it's really weird. I've played Resident Evil Survivor, which was their first light gun. I want to say light gun game, but I know it wasn't designed to be played with a light gun properly or something like yeah, that. I know in yeah. the States, they couldn't actually use the light gun for the games. It had to be all on the controller. But it's like Resident Evil, especially, it's, it kind of made it an arcade game. It was a really weird spin-off. It would have been, it would have been probably like, average we go to that again if it wasn't a resident evil game but i remember playing it as a resident evil game and it was terrible and i looked at dino crisis uh, like uh, gun survivor free uh, dino crisis when going this is going to be bad and i love dino crisis but i yeah. don't want to try it because <laughs> i uh, I'll wait till the I'll wait till the next good Dino Crisis comes out, and I'm just looking at my watch, still waiting. <laughs> it's been a while, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's just totally bananas, isn't it? It, it? I'm not. I've not played any of the others, as I say, but this one. Uh, the thing is, with this one, it would actually be perfect in VR because all of those controls yeah. and that setup is all, you know, perfectly set up for it. Yeah. Um, in a way that it wouldn't with the kind of you know the, the 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 static on rails style of you know time crisis and virtual carp and and those you, you don't need those because you've got stuff like robo recall yeah you know, which is absolutely brilliant uh but yeah no it would dino this game particularly should be ported cheaply and easily just over to vr because it would it would be good fun but yeah on the gun con it, it just it's just it's a freaking nightmare gun, gun con should be for time crisis Point blank and games like that only. Yeah, pretty much. The the D pad just should be used for navigating menus, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I still someone still needs to make a light gun game for the modern ages using the light. You making an actual light gun? It's got to be possible. So, gyroscopes and everything. It's got to be done. Someone do it. Come on. We, we've it's been a while since we've had plastic tack games. We need a good plastic tack game with a with a gut with a light gun. Yeah, well, there was that Sindon light gun project that you can that you can get, uh, but it's PC only, and it basically uses cameras, you know, and using some version of that, and, and that means as well that it's got a camera in it, and it means that you don't have to have like a bar like you did with the Wii, you know, with the yep. Wii. Um, you don't have to have a camera like you had yep. to do with the PlayStation Two and Three, and probably Four. So yeah, something like that that was cheap enough would be would be great and then you could just yeah have a few games like that i'm not i'm not i'm not talking indies for this one indies you haven't got to worry this is what i'm talking i'm talking directly to namco here right bandai namco namco bandai bandai namco yeah yes bandai, bandai with namco, a bigger, they are bigger now, company yeah 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 right i'm talking to you directly you've got the ip you've got the history you go out you make this happen you make a new gun con game Okay, you make a point blank collection. Virtua, uh, get get together with Sega. Virtua Cop can be thrown in there as well. House of the Dead. Throw them all in there. Nice collaboration, but with the gun because it was the best gun. The gun con was the best gun. We all know that. Get that made. Get that out there. Make your billions. I'll buy it. I will buy one. Okay, still will buy. Still buy one. That's two. It's two oh, sales yeah. you've got right there. Makes perfect business sense. 
get on it, Namco. Yeah, I agree. Should, should totally be doing that. I want to say, if they're making you Dino Crisis, and because of you, because we have influence, it turns out to be a VR-only game, I will come after you with Hell Vengeance, just to let you know. The only reason I say that is because I wanted to segue, because talking of Hell, I've been playing another game, Hell Architect. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm going places to try and segue now. I, <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea. Oh, no, no. I, I Just right off the top of my head with them. Um, <laughs> Hell Architect is a, it's a, a base building colony sim. It reminds me a bit of like Fallout Shelter. Is it Fallout Shelter? The free-to-play game they made. And Sheltered, the more f- in-depth base building colony type game. Um, where basically the idea is you're building into an area um, up and down and stuff like that to create rooms. And in these games, you're usually doing it to give people like living quarters and the best chance of survival. The twist on this one is, and it's one I really I, I should be good. Oh, this is this is the Brad's going to be mean podcast, and Brad doesn't like being mean. He does not, although he likes to refer to himself in the third person. Brad does. Brad doesn't like being mean. There. Yeah, yeah, I see. Like even I do. Right. Anyway, Brad doesn't like being mean. So, but with this, the concept should be wonderful. It should be brilliant to play. So the idea is you're running hell. Um, I don't think you're Lucifer in the game, but you're running hell. You're a demon or one of the top demons or whatever. And you get these uh, little people fall down, and you use them to build hell. Why hell's not already built? I don't know really no idea i look at it more of a you know a good place scenario where they're trying out new things and that's what you've got to do anyway so you're ted danson and what you're trying what you're trying to do is you are building um yes you are building hell for people and you have to build it up you get given nothing to start with you get the first few come down you get them to build your spaces and then you have to collect dirt, which is one of the main currencies you use. Dirt kind of helps you build everything. So you collect your dirt by digging, and then you use the dirt to help build contraptions, torture devices, and those torture devices then create suffering, which is another currency within the game. And suffering is then used to build more stuff and so on and so forth to sort of enhance things. So there's no food or water within the game. You have to create food and water. So what you do, for example, to get water, you build a latrine. And then you once you've built the latrine for the dead people who have gone to hell to use for the toilet, you then have build another contraption which can then extract liquid and solids from the excrement. And you use that to provide dirty water and basic food, but you can purify it with further upgrades and stuff like that. It's really interesting. The art style's really good. It's kind of got a cyanide and happiness almost feel to it without being cyanide and happiness. And it's 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 interesting. The problem I've got with it, I only played an hour and a half of it initially, and I got everything from the game that I that it offered. I went and played a game. So sometimes with these sort of games, I play it and go, oh, I've screwed up somewhere here and I need to go back and I'll start again knowing what I now know. I kind of create my own little roguelike with these games sometimes, like the first few times around. Played it again and nothing different. Absolutely nothing different. So when I play Cities, for example, City Skylines, 
I always start the same. So it's always like the road in, the road out, and I have um, an area for my industry and an area for shopping and residential. And then it goes free flow. It's always different once you get past that initial tiny build. With this though, I felt it was going in exactly the same direction. I still needed to do the same things to get to the same things and build the same things. Maybe changing areas a little bit, but it didn't offer enough variation or divergence for me to want to go in again and again and again and again this is like this is like almost it's not a bad game it's got good ideas but I feel that they've played it really safe in trying to make it accessible and maybe easy to play for me what they've done is they've created something that I don't care about returning to yeah and for me that is almost a bigger crime than other games um, such as Merrick's Market where they're flawed. There's many flaws, but I want to go back to. This probably has less flaws, but I don't care for it. I don't want to go back. And I feel really bad for saying that. I really, really do. And I wanted to find something. And aside from maybe the art style and the, uh, the initial ideas of it, it just doesn't execute them doesn't execute them at all ah what a shame despite all the execution within the uh, game yeah very good um yeah <laughs> so there was that sounded so sincere <laughs> oh, what was that one <laughs> what was that one where you, you build the the dungeon you, you're the one who builds the dungeons like as a... you're about dungeon keeper yeah that's the one never played it but the original dungeon keeper not the the mobile only i don't know <laughs> anyway <laughs> confess that ea tried to make yeah the original dungeon keeper was really good and you've got overlord it was a sega game or codemasters or sega i can't remember but overlord that was a really decent attempt this isn't like that it's like it's trying to be more um i'd say sheltered or fallout shelter type in its aesthetic and the way it plays but honestly it's it lacks something and it's just it's not even boring. That's that's the. It's just. Ugh. Oh dear. I just don't want to go back to it, and that's probably the most damning thing about it. I don't want to go back to it. Yeah. Because I think I've seen it all. They could patch it and fix any like little bugs and that. I'll never really talk about little bugs unless they really affect the experience. And there are little bugs and stuff like that. But I will always forgive those major bugs. Obviously, you need to talk about more. And patches will probably go out to fix those and might improve the experience slightly in places, but not to the point where I want to play it again. Um, yeah. And I, I, I just feel awful. Brad hates being mean. You do, but it is necessary because you've got to be honest. So, yeah, no, yep. fair enough, fair enough. So, any more from you? Yeah, I have got one more, actually. I've been playing Horatio Goes Snowboarding, which is basically Horace Goes Skiing, but obviously is. frightened of the the huge wrath of the original developers coming down on them using the same... No, no, of course not. I don't even know. Who was it made by? It was probably Matthew Smith, wasn't it? Whole... What's that, Horace or this one? Horace. <laughs> I don't know who, who who made it, but this is, for me, yeah, all I know, I'm, before you speak, this is like Horace getting the DX treatment of Pac-Man. It's, it's good. Uh, right, so have you played it? I've, I've touched on it a little while, but I've got a very early key for this, and I, I, I yeah, I have played it. Ah, right. God, I forgot that completely. But yeah, no, I, um, I've had a go with it. It's all right. It's exactly uh, what you'd expect, really. It just 
it's analog control only, no buttons used, and you just, yeah, you just, well, you start off by doing a little Frogger-esque thing of running across roads and grabbing a, a snowboard, and then you're airlifted to the slopes, and then you, uh, you you ski down them, and you go through gates, and yeah, it, it's, it's fine, it's fun, you know, it's all right, it's very silly. It's, you know, daft, it doesn't have much depth to it. It's like constantly scrolling so that if you slow down too much, you fail, which is yeah. important because you can pretty much get through every gate, even if you're not set up properly for it, by you know going sideways on your snowboard and uh, and stuff. But that'll obviously put you towards the back, and then you can lose. So yeah, it, it's all right. It's <laughs> it looks really good. I, I like how it looks. It's very fun, silly. Yeah, as I said, silly seems to be the word to describe it, and very lightweight it's only less than a fiver and it will probably be on sale for even less than that soon but yeah it's worth worth going on yeah worth going going for this one of our cup of coffee games this one yeah absolutely it's wonderful you pay the price of a cup of coffee and at the time you'll get a good 10-15 minutes from it move on to something else and then another time you fancy another cuppa you boot it up again have another 10-15 minutes at another time what it's there for it's the cup of coffee game we need to do a list actually a cup of coffee games yes yeah i won't have many of them but i'm guessing you'll probably have several hundred there are oh i've oh i have a few but you, you actually you'll be surprised where you if you look through your library you'll probably find a lot and go oh yeah that's it that's true yeah there's one. Yeah. Oh yeah um but it's do you know who made this uh i do but i can't Without looking. It, was it mike door it was mike door it's infinite state games yeah. people who done the amazing don't Die, Mr. Robot, and the equally fantastic Rogue Aces. I thought so, because he was... Um, the, one of the reasons I picked it up was because he. I follow him on Twitter and he said, uh, oh, mm. this this has only got one review on Steam. And I was like, what? That's crazy. So uh, I bought it so that I could play it and review it for him. See, I feel bad because I hadn't spoke about this yet and I've had the key for quite a while. Um, it's one of those, I kept playing it and going, I'll mention this at some point. Then I had started getting my, because I've had this key for God knows how long, but I started having my sight issues and it's one of those games that I kept forgetting about talking about due to my health issues. So I'm glad you've mentioned it because it's it's right up there. It's not, don't die, Mr. Robot is the pinnacle. It is one of the best pure arcade experiences ever released, and I will fight anyone to the death on that one. But Rogue Aces is brilliant. Family Tree is really good, but this is this is this slots right in there. Mike Door just seems to be nailing what arcade is. So those who say arcade is dead, just play Mike Door games. Yeah, why not? Eh? Yeah, no, I, I I might jump back into that at some point. See, it, right, Mike, right, because you will listen to this, Mike. I'm going to talk to you directly now. Do me a dark mode, bud. I could do with a dark mode on these games as well. It would really help me out and I'd be able to play them more. Just saying. But yeah, if you could, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be fair. But yeah, no, really good game. Good choice, John. I'm glad you found that one. And I'm glad you mentioned it because I, I feel really bad that I hadn't. And I'd only remembered it as soon as you mentioned it. <laughs> yeah, so it was out this week. So yeah, I would highly encourage our listenership to buy it as a coffee game yeah definitely yep 100 percent. so i've been playing one more and you mentioned death stranding earlier but what if death stranding but good excuse me what did you just say i said what if 
Death Stranding, but actually good. Yeah, I thought that's what you said. Well, I'm leaving now. I'm getting on the train. Come down, <laughs> yeah. kick your ass. There's all these things. All these things I've said before. You can let slide, but not like. I'm sorry, but no. How I'm dare you insult that. Hideo Kojima? <laughs> that will not fly in this podcast, my friend. Oh, go on. No. Go on. What is it then? No. De- De- okay. Death Stranding. I think's okay. I've not played it fully, so. But I thought it was okay. Uh, but. I decided I needed some discourse to introduce the game I've been playing, which is called Lake. And oh, yeah. Boy, yeah, that's a game. Yeah. That's a very, very good game. Not perfect. And I'm glad I didn't watch too much about it before playing. I, I kind of saw an initial trailer, went, yep, and ignored it since then because I've heard it being hyped up in places quite a, quite a bit. And I was like, no, not falling into that trap. So, essentially, it's a game set in the late 80s, I think 1986, and you play um, this lady who has a job in the city, quite an important job, but it's it's stressing her out, giving her some issues, so she decides to go back home for a bit in, like, this, this quaint American small town near a lake, hence the title, uh, like, it's like a providence type area that kind of thing and she goes back there for a slower life for a bit for a break and to help her dad's business out by delivering packages around the town essentially that's the game you casually deliver packages around the town occasionally speaking to other people um, there are some places where you might just have a couple of little chats. There's other places you go, like a bar, for example, and there's lots of people there. And you can have more in-depth chats and things like that. You might build relationships. You find out more about yourself, about the other people there. And you kind of question to yourself, do I need to go back to the big city life? Or, or can I stay where I am? And that's kind of really sort of like really done in a clever way because while you're doing this, you're also getting you'll get calls or messages now and again that from your boss needing help with a project and going, oh, we need, I need help with this. I need, you know, what I need your input in this. And it kind of stresses you out that little bit. And you're like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. I'm trying to deliver these packages. And it's just a really casual, relaxing game. And what I really like, and this is where the care has been taken um, from the developers, is the conversations you have do you know, like sometimes you played sort of these games and the conversations go on for too long. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, I get where this is going. But this kind of has an option to it where you can have the same conversation but shorten it. Um, I can't really explain it, but you can go really in depth with a conversation or shorten it. Um, and it feels really natural. So it's not like you're not, you're not just skipping through going, yeah, I know where this is all going and skipping through. You kind of just get shortened versions of what, what they're chatting about. And it works really, really organically well. And those interactions are really good. There are a couple of problems with the game. Again, I feel really mean. This is me being mean again. Brad, Brad can't be mean. Brad, don't be mean. Uh, but if I was going to call out one issue with this game is, even though it's a small town, it somehow still feels quite deserted and sparse at points. So it's like on the road and that, it, there's not much traffic. And I get it's a small town, there's not meant to be much, but it doesn't seem quite enough. And it seems like the outside seems quite dead, which is a slight shame. And you go to a lot of deliveries and then, oh, so-and-so's not home and I'll leave the parcel here like you're a yodel driver. So instead of leaving it there, you go and take it to, you know, the back end of like the Outer Hebrides instead of down in Essex because you're a yodel driver. 
personal gripe their personal gripe but that that aside i mean that's me being fairly nitpicky with it because it doesn't ruin the game at all there's no ruined experience and the few hours i've spent with it yeah just so relaxing looks nice it doesn't it doesn't look spectacular but it doesn't need to it's kind of why it's got this almost like pastel type aesthetic to the the colors and it just feels nice relaxing and it's one of those games that again it's, it's probably not quite a game it's more just a story in an interactive story and i just yeah just really enjoyed lake it's definitely worth a purchase if you ask me it's it's not one of those i would go do you know what wait for game pass or wait for it to be in a in a humble bundle it's definitely worth going out to pick up now sounds cool yeah i actually have this on my radar but i haven't picked it up yet i probably probably wait till it's a bit cheaper but yeah no it looks quite good i'm gonna have a i'm gonna, I'm gonna have a quick look now professionally and see yeah we're professional don't worry, it'll all be getting cut. No, it won't, because I'm going to keep singing and you can make me look like an idiot. 15.99. There we go. 15.99. Right. Worth it. Totally worth it. Cool. Yeah. Uh, that's that's all I will say. Yeah. Well worth 15.99. You will play, you will spend 60, 70 quid on bigger games that aren't worth that. So if value if value is your thing, definitely it's twenty quid. I I would have been a good price for this still for what it offers, sixteen quid. I, I yeah, that's, that's nice. Um, cool. But if you do need to wait for a sale, I wouldn't wait for it to go overly cheap because it'll be nice to reward these developers because yeah, good game, good stuff, excellent. Um, that's it, games wise from me. Yeah. <laughs> So, I've been playing games for a number of years, and usually around my birthday, I just use it as an excuse to buy myself a, a game I was maybe erring on whether I could afford it or not. I go, oh, I'll do that. I don't really celebrate my birthday, but next week, it's just over a week past the point of this recording, it's going to be my 40th birthday. And I'm going to actually celebrate this one. It'll be the first time I've celebrated a birthday in absolutely years. Because from about the age of, I would say, 16, I never thought I'd make it to 40. That was my depression. And then I got hit with the diabetes and got a bit ill. I thought, um, I don't reckon I'll make it much past 30. I'm either going to end up topping myself or I'm just going to get so ill because I don't care that I'll just die. And miraculously, I've made it. Well, I've got another few days to go, but just so if there is no podcast after this one, it's because I didn't quite make it. But as far as I'm <laughs> concerned, I, I think I've made it to 40. And yeah, what do people do to celebrate birthdays? I don't know. I don't do it. I don't care. But I'm kind of, yeah, I want, I want to celebrate this one a bit. Uh, spend some time with the family. We'll go out for something to eat. And yeah, really looking forward to it. Uh, the only shame about this birthday is um, I've got to wait an extra month nearly for Tetris Effect on the um, Switch. Um, I'm not happy with Enhanced. They could have released it a month earlier, couldn't they? Yeah. Oh, um, so selfish of them. <laughs> yeah. But at the doctors, at the consultants this earlier this week, they was going to it and they was going, oh, we've 
gonna have to do this after operation i was just like my main concern do you know like you get sports people when they break a leg and they go oh will i be able to play again i was like look that's a weird question but do you reckon i'll be able to see well enough to play tetris on october <laughs> the 8th and he kind of just looked at me and went what <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. And I went, there's a game coming out and I really want to play it. And he kind of went, I should recommend that you probably shouldn't be looking at screens too much at the moment. So I really want to play it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've got I've got an operation on the 20th. I've got either COVID swab on the 17th. My birthday's on the 18th and I'm meant to be self-isolating for it. That's fun. Uh, but I kind of, but I do still want to, I do still want to celebrate in some fashion. So I might, rest my eyes as much as I can on the days beforehand um, so that I'm able to play a few games on the 18th yeah, so and celebrate that way. Completely yeah. burn your eyesight out on your birthday itself. Oh, I'll go out. I'll go out in a blaze of glory. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, going to reach 40. And that just feels weird to me. It's a big milestone. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Especially if you didn't think you were going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was convinced I'd be dead way before then. And then I had kids and they went, oh, I better stay alive for the kids. Oh, what a pain um, in the ass. <laughs> I know, I know. But no, I, I mean, it, it, my perspective on life has completely changed. You know, it's not in an epiphany of, oh my God, like, life is so precious and so wonderful. And I've really got, to, I've not gone there, but I just don't, you know, I'd rather live than die at the moment, which is a, a bit of a turnaround, I suppose. Yeah. And people say, how can you joke about that? It was either that or the alternative is I just go completely the other way. Exactly. Exactly. You have to treat suicide with the contempt it deserves. Well said. Definitely. Mm. Oh, no, I'm glad that it's coming up and that you're looking forward to it. That's really cool. Yes, so if anyone's listening, my birthday's on the 18th, and you can support us on Ko-Fi. <laughs> yeah. Am I allowed to do I that? I think that might be a, It's my podcast. Yeah, no, I think that would probably put a lot of people off, but no. Yeah, why not, you know? Support us on Coffee. I'll make sure that all the money actually goes to him. All the, <laughs> the, the thousands that we're no doubt going to get. Yeah. Yeah, I want to buy a cake. Let's go with that. I need to buy a diabetic cake. And do you know to buy diabetic foods actually more expensive than getting the, cho- the actual sugar-based foods? Oh, yeah. Because that's how you help people get better, by charging them more for the stuff that helps oh, no. them. Ridiculous. Something, something, capitalism bad, to quote James Stephanie Sterling. Quite. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. So I'm now, hopefully not for the last time, going to shut up and I'm going to let Stu take us out. Cool, yeah, so it's not my birthday soon, unfortunately, not till December, but I am looking forward to it. So, you know, start getting that money into us now so that I've got plenty to spend at the time. Other than that... If you, yeah, if you want to pay on donating to Brad, save a bit. Yeah, back. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's important <laughs> that, you know, your two favourite podcasters get lots of money for themselves. And, yeah. But Stu's not blind, don't forget. Yeah, that's true, that's true. But, um, yeah, so other than that, have a great week. Stay safe and stay sane.